Hello, everyone, and welcome into Senior Living Live. My name is Melissa. We appreciate you sharing your afternoon with us. Today, as you all know, is Veterans Day. All of us at the Arbor Company would like to say thank you to all of you who have served our country as we celebrate the service of all U.S. military veterans. Our webinar today, as I mentioned, is catered to our veterans, specifically the VA benefit. That's what we're going to be talking about today. What is it? what it means for you, who is eligible, and how this can help you in retirement. I am so thrilled to have Emily Schwartz back with us. She is an expert at this topic. You may have seen a couple of webinars with her in the past. She is fantastic. And the good news is, everybody, she will be available at the end of her presentation to answer all of your questions. Now, a quick reminder to everybody who is watching, all audio and video lines will be muted throughout the entire broadcast. So. How do you ask your question? Well, that's a good question. Scroll down to the bottom of your screen where it says Q&A. You can type out your question there and I will be happy to read all of those to Emily at the end of her presentation. As always, I wanna let you know that you can remain anonymous. Emily, it is wonderful to see you as always. The webinar is all yours. Uh, thank you, Melissa, and thank you, Arbor Company, for having me again. I love these Senior Living Lives. They're great and a wonderful way to share information with everyone. So as we get started, I just want to reintroduce myself one more time. I am Emily Schwartz. I am president of Veterans Financial, and I am co-founder of a website called aidandattendance.com. Both are excellent resources to help you or a loved one understand about the VA's aid and attendance benefit. This is a very valuable benefit, but it's often misunderstood or not even known about at all. And so at the end of the presentation today, you are going to have a good understanding of who is eligible for this benefit and how to apply. And hopefully you will share that information, just not just with your family, but with your friends and anybody else who you think might benefit from this knowledge. So as we get started, I always like to ask participants to set aside any financial misperceptions that you might have. Sometimes people come to these webinars or they've heard about this benefit and they assume they're not going to be eligible because they have high income, high assets or both. And that's just incorrect. And I will demonstrate that as we go through the slides. But keep in mind that the cost of assisted living and home care are deductible medical expenses for VA purposes. You're probably familiar with the fact that you can write off your medical expenses from your taxes for the IRS, but you weren't aware that the cost of your assisted living can actually reduce or eliminate all of your countable income, which is why even if you have high income, you might be eligible for this benefit. And then we have families that have net worth above the VA's asset limit. And I will share with you what the asset limit is for this year, just a few slides. And I want you to keep in mind that you can become eligible for this benefit, even if you are over the asset limit, by utilizing estate planning strategies in accordance with VA regulations. There may be a waiting period before you're eligible, but it doesn't mean you're never going to be eligible. So keep that in mind and check out what your options are so you may also be able to partake in this benefit. So why did you join today? Why do you want to learn about this benefit? Well, there is a lot of money to be had to help you pay for your senior care. And I'm going to give you a sneak peek of the 2022 monthly maximum benefit amounts. You're probably wondering, why is this lady talking about 2022? It's only November 11th. We still have six more weeks. 
Well, that's because the VA actually starts their fiscal year on December 1. So if you're going to apply for this benefit this month, this is actually the number that you will receive once you are awarded. So surviving spouses are eligible for $1,317 a month this year. Single veterans are eligible for $2,050. And married veterans are eligible for one of two benefit amounts. And I'm going to start with a higher dollar amount at the bottom of the chart because that's the one that happens most often. That is when the veteran needs care and he's married. His wife can need care or not. She could be moving into the community or staying at home. Whatever the scenario is, as long as the veteran needs care and he's paying for care and he's married, he's gonna get almost $400 more than the single veteran that needs care. Then there's a married veteran amount that even people who are familiar with this benefit may not be aware of, or maybe they've just forgotten because it doesn't happen all that often. This is when the veteran is healthy but the spouse needs care. The spouse is moving into a senior living community and the veteran could choose to move in with her or stay at home. Either one is fine, but the veteran can apply based on his wife's care needs and care costs and receive $1,609 a month from the VA to help pay for them. Now you've been staring at the screen for a little bit. So you see the green box at the bottom, which has some very important information. All of these dollars are tax free. That means you are essentially going to get 16,000 all the way to $29,000 a year from the VA in 2022. And all of that money is going to go directly to the applicant. The applicant is always the veteran while he's living and his spouse once he's deceased. You mix it with your other incomes because you're probably going to have it deposited right into the same checking account. It comes on the first of the month, just like Social Security and your pension. And you mix it with those other incomes and just pay your monthly invoice. So how do you get these big dollar amounts? Well, you have to meet four areas of eligibility all at the same time. And this is what we're really going to learn about today. Military service of the veteran, health of the applicant, net income after medical expenses, and family net worth. Before we dive into that, I'm just going to do one minute about who we are. So Veterans Financial has been helping families since 2003. We're sort of the old-fashioned way of doing this benefit. You can give us a call. We'll go through the criteria with you over the phone. And surprisingly, we actually pick up the phone live. There's no press 1 or press 2 or press 22 or leave a message. The only time you're going to get a voicemail is if our entire team is on the phone helping other people, or maybe it's after business hours. By the way, we are on the East Coast, so we're open 9 to 5.30 Monday through Friday. And if you do call us after hours, we'll just call you back the first of the next business day. So we are a financial services company that helps people with this benefit. And like I said, we will discuss the four criteria with you and then provide you a few ways to apply. One of which is a PDF of the 32 page or 34 page application. 32 is for the spouse, 34 is for the veteran. And we will also suggest to you that maybe you use a website called aidandattendance.com. 
This is a newer company that myself and a business partner started last year. Um, it's a way to fill out your application on the computer. So you certainly can fill it out by pen and paper. And like I said, Veterans Financial will provide that to you. In fact, you can also get a PDF of it right off of aidinattendance.com. But aidinattendance.com acts kind of like TurboTax. It helps you do your application on the computer so that you get it correct. Now with TurboTax, you have to do that every year uh, when you file your tax taxes, unfortunately, you only have to file for this benefit once. So if you work with aidinattendance.com, you can use our software and complete the entire 30 plus page application, typically in about an hour. Um, the purpose of it is to make sure you get it all correct and complete. And these applications go through the VA much quicker than if you do it pen and paper, because there's always room for a little bit of error when a human is doing it with pen and paper. Okay, enough about us. Let's dive into the criteria. The first criteria of the benefit is military service of the veteran. This is the most important criteria. Hopefully nobody hops off after they hear me describe this because either you meet this criteria or you don't and there's nothing that we can do to correct it. So the veteran must have served at least one day during a period of war. No combat is required. That means you can be anywhere in the entire world, even the United States, during the wartime period, as long as you have one active duty day during these three ranges, you will most likely meet this criteria. So we're looking at World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. The Gulf War also does qualify, but the criteria is just a little bit different. And if anybody's interested in that, please ask that in the Q&A, and I'd be happy to address the Gulf War at the end of this presentation. If you want to look at these dates, again, you can visit aidinattendance.com. They're right on the homepage. But essentially, you need one day of active duty during a wartime period, and then you need a minimum of 90 total active duty days. You'll see there's no consecutive in that sentence. The 90 do not have to be in a row. And I know most folks that went off to war definitely served an entire year or two or more. However, the reserves, the National Guard, and the Merchant Marines can also be eligible for this benefit. And sometimes they have shorter periods of active duty. Let's say 30 days, 30 days, and 30 days. That makes 90. As long as one of them is during a wartime period, that National Guard, reservist, or Merchant Marine can also be eligible for this benefit. Then you need to have an honorable medical or general discharge. A dishonorable discharge will disqualify the veteran and therefore his surviving spouse from this benefit. All of this information can be found on the veteran's discharge papers, also known as a DD-214 form. If you don't know where your DD-214 is, we can help you find it. You can order it through a couple different resources, which we will provide to you. It does take a little while, so that's one of the first things you want to do, because not only do you need to check it to make sure your veteran is a wartime veteran, you actually have to submit the discharge papers with the VA application. And lastly, a surviving spouse can apply only on her most recent husband's service. So that means if she was married to a wartime veteran and he passes away, and she remarries a non-wartime veteran, unfortunately, she's no longer eligible for this benefit. And with that, I'm looking at the participant numbers, and I see that everybody's still on, which makes me very happy. So we're going to move on to the next criteria. The second criteria of the benefit is actually the easiest one. This is all about medical needs, health of the applicant. So the VA wants to know, does the veteran or the spouse, or maybe both of them, do they need care from an assisted living or home care agency because of a physical or a cognitive impairment? 
So a physical impairment means you need assistance with two activities of daily living. The activities of daily living, also known as ADLs, that the VA recognizes are bathing, dressing, toileting, feeding, transferring, ambulating. I know that assisted living communities provide lots of other great services, but these are the six that the VA wants to see on the medical statement. So the easiest way to qualify for this benefit is by allowing an aide at the senior living community to come into your room and help you safely get in and out of the shower and redressed. That is considered bathing and dressing, just a helping hand getting in and out of the shower so that you don't slip and fall. It doesn't mean a sponge bath. It doesn't mean dressing you like a baby doll. It just means a little help getting in and out of the shower and bathing and dressing will qualify you for this criteria. Now, some people don't need help with ADLs, but they need to live in a protected environment. And the reason they need that is because they have a cognitive impairment, dementia or Alzheimer's. So a senior living community is a protected environment. And by moving in and living there, that will show that you are medically eligible. You want a doctor or a nurse practitioner to put these diagnoses on the three-page medical form that the VA provides for people applying for this benefit. Now I see that there's some other diagnoses on here like macular, let me see if I can talk, macular degeneration, that's a tongue twister, Parkinson's disease, post-stroke, maybe stage four cancer. All of these diagnoses put on the three-page medical form are going to help your case so the VA understands why you meet this medical criteria. So then we move on to the third criteria. The third criteria is all about dollars and cents. The VA is looking at the total household income and the total household care expenses. I am gonna give you two equations on the next two slides, but I wanna just give you an idea of what income is and what care expenses are. So we're all on the same page. So income is any money that's coming into the household that can help pay for your care. And they do count even the healthy person's income. So it's husband and wife's income and it's husband and wife's assets husband and wife's care expenses. You're gonna see that throughout this presentation. So keep that in mind, total household. So we're looking at social securities, pensions, wages of one part of the couple still working, rental income from any properties that they're renting out, interest and dividends, essentially any money that's coming into the household to pay for care is an income. Care expenses, what can you deduct from your income? As I mentioned on that very first slide, you are able to subtract your medical expenses from your income to bring it down. So of course, senior living, that's why we're on the call today, primarily assisted living and memory care, home care provided at home or in the community, nursing home care if you're paying out of pocket, not Medicare or Medicaid or health insurance picking up the tab, adult daycare, health insurance and prescriptions. So health insurance and prescriptions, again, is from both parts of the couple. So even if you have a healthy person, they pay for Medicare, they probably pay for a supplemental health insurance policy. Maybe they even have long-term care premiums <coughs> or prescriptions. So any medication that you take 365 days a year, you can write off of your income. So let's look at what happens to most equations. I'm just gonna pause for one second. Sorry, I had a tickle that I was trying to fight. So total income for a full benefit. So here's how this works. If your income is lower than your care expenses, the VA will consider that your net income is zero. 
So in this scenario, we have a household that has $2,000 coming in and $4,500 going out. You and I are smart people and we know that this family is actually short $2,500 every month. They're going to have to find that money from somewhere, maybe a bridge loan, their kids, their savings. Hopefully the VA is going to cover a lot of it. No matter what, they are short $2,500 every month. And because they are spending more than they have coming in, the VA counts their net income as zero. Zero is a great number for this benefit because if you hit zero, the VA will consider you for one of those four full benefit amounts, the 1317 for a surviving spouse, the 2050 for a single veteran, the 1609 or the 2431 for a married veteran. I like to point out that the care expenses are the entire cost of the community. It's not just the room and board. It's not just the services that are being provided, such as medication and that shower assist. It's the entire invoice. So whatever's at the bottom of the page is what you're going to put on your VA application, which is why most people are going to have a net income of zero and be entitled to the full benefit amount. Sometimes people have higher income. And in this scenario, we're looking at a married couple. And I know that because the maximum benefit amount could be $2,431. So if your income is greater than your care expenses, which this one is probably because they have two social securities and two pensions, and they have that same $4,500 care cost, So likely they only have one person living in the community. The VA is going to say this household has an extra $500 every month. Now, I know no matter where you're living, you still have some other expenses. You have your cell phone bill, your cable bill, maybe you have some credit card debt. Um, you want to get your hair cut, a new pair of pants, go out to dinner. None of those are medical expenses. And so unfortunately, the VA will not let you subtract that from your income. So any money that you have left over after paying your medical expenses is a positive net income. This household has 500 extra dollars every month. And so instead of awarding them the full benefit, what happens is they award them a partial benefit. They subtract the $500 from the full benefit and they'll be awarded approximately 1931. Now, 1931 tax-free dollars is fantastic. And I would still encourage you to apply. In fact, I'd encourage you to apply for a couple hundred dollars. You can always go back to the VA in the future if things change. So if your care expenses go up, which they do with age, or your income goes down, maybe you lose a spouse or an investment runs out, you can ask for an increase. You're not stuck one and done, and you can either inch your way up to the top, or you can go from your partial benefit to your full benefit based upon what your numbers are, what your equation looks like. Now, another way to get the full benefit is if you're moving into senior living, you might want to think about what else the community can provide to you. So instead of having your daughter or your spouse help with your medication, maybe you want to let the community do that. If you're only getting a shower assist once or twice a week, maybe you want to get it three or four times a week. If you're looking at a studio apartment, maybe you want to look at a one bedroom. Again, if you spend $500 more, you're going to get $500 more. So there's really no reason to leave any money on the table with the VA. Think about if there's anything else that you or a loved one could benefit from and consider spending that extra $500. The last criteria of the benefit is countable net worth. The VA is going to look at all accounts, again, household, that can help pay for your senior living. So they are gonna look at all bank accounts, CDs, annuities, IRAs, 401ks, mutual funds, real estate, other than your primary residence, 
stocks and bonds. And this is again from both parts of the couple, even if it's a second marriage and they're keeping their assets separate, even if they have a prenuptial agreement and they're keeping their assets separate, doesn't matter. So this year's asset limit is in the blue box. This number also went up with the 2022, it went up 5.9%. I'm not sure if I said that, but that's very exciting. All these benefit amounts and the asset limit went up the same as the cost of living adjustment for social security, they usually do. So this year's asset limit is $138,488. It's a pretty significant number. Now, if you're over that number, it is possible to do planning and we can definitely help you with that. So I don't hope that you don't just apply and get denied or you give up all hope and you don't even try. Now, what assets aren't considered? So your home is not counted. It could be worth a million dollars. The VA realizes you can't pay for your senior living with a window or a door. Now, if you sell the home, that can be an issue. And we're going to talk about that in two slides. And you can have up to two acres around the home. Anything more than two acres is considered real estate in the top section, and you have to declare the value of acre three, four, five, 10, 20, 50. So farms can definitely be a problem if any of you have that situation. Final expense policies, also known as prepaid funerals, burial policies, these are totally fine with the VA. In fact, we really encourage people to purchase them. If you have not prepaid your funeral, now is the time. We can definitely help you. It's a great way to protect a few uh, 10 or $20,000 from the VA. It also protects that money from Medicaid and it keeps your kids from having sticker shock if you didn't pre-plan your funeral and now they have to find that 10 or $20,000 after you've passed. Lastly, they don't ask about vehicles or personal property. If you get a lot of money for selling one of these things, that's going to go into a bank account, just like your home sale will. And yes, that could potentially be an issue, um, but we rarely ever hear anything like that. So what if your assets are over the 138? Well, you can do planning, as I've mentioned a couple of times, but you need to keep in mind the VA does have a 36-month look back. Now, 36 is much better than Medicaid, which is five years. This is only three years. But if you mistakenly apply too soon, you improperly gifted, you didn't get good advice on how to do your VA planning, you can easily get hit with a penalty period. And this penalty period is the same as Medicaid. It's 60 months or five years. And it's not very hard to hit that number because it's a very low divisor for VA benefits, unlike Medicaid. So what we hope will happen is if you are over the asset limit, reach out to us. We're going to help you with some ideas of how to protect those funds. Some families are able to become eligible immediately. Others really are going to need to wait the 36 months before they apply. So that is the worst case scenario. If you're already in senior living or you're just looking at it, this is the time to start thinking about your VA planning. Better than waiting until you've gone through some of your funds and now you want the benefit, well, you may have another three years on top of that. So we want families to be investigating this as they're moving into senior living so that they are not waiting any longer than they necessarily have to. What if you sell your home? Well, if you sell your home, as I mentioned before, you're going to get a nice check and that money is going to go into your bank account. And yes, that will probably cause you to be over the asset limit because most homes in the country are selling for more than 138000 at this point. And you probably already have a little bit of money to mix with that. So if you think you're going to sell your home as you're moving into senior living, maybe after you move in and your kids fix it up, maybe a, a year or two down the road when your other assets are running low, you want to work with a VA accredited attorney 
because what he'll do is he'll put the house into an irrevocable trust with the right VA language. And that way, whenever you choose to sell the home, the money goes into the trust rather than going to mom or dad's name. If it goes to mom or dad, the VA is going to see that, especially through tax documentation. Um, the VA communicates electronically with the IRS. And while you're happily on the benefit, you may now be ineligible for the benefit and off of it. So this is very easy. We can connect you with a VA accredited attorney that can help you through this process. And then you can make the choice of selling your home whenever you want to. So I'm gonna do two examples and then some frequently asked questions. And then I already see we have some questions. And so we'll see what they are. So the first story is about diminishing funds. Mary is a Korean war, widow of a Korean war veteran. So she meets criteria one. She needs help with activities of daily living. So she meets criteria two. And she's been an assisted living resident for two years. So she needs part of criteria number three, the medical expenses. Now, I like to point out here, she has been in assisted living for two years. She's now lost out on $30,000 of benefits because she either didn't know about this benefit, she didn't investigate it, she didn't do the VA planning. Whatever the case is, she has not gotten $30,000 and there's nothing we can do to recoup that money. So now at this point, she has spent down to $75,000 in savings. She has a monthly income of $1,800, but her medical expenses, her senior living costs are 4,500, just like we used in the prior example. She also pays for Medicare and that's $150. So every month she dips into savings, $2,850 a month. She is going to run out of money in 26 months. So she's been in the community for 24 months. She's got 26 more months. She will be in and out of the community in 50 months. She's going to run out of money, and we don't want to see that happening. So if we get her the benefit now, better late than never, we're going to get her an extra 1317 tax-free. Her shortfall is going to drop to $1,533 a month. That's what she has to take out of savings. And now she gets an additional 22 months in the community, all thanks to the VA benefit. She now will have 48 more months there, and she already had 24, so she's going to have six years in the community rather than just shy above, just a little bit above four years, which was the prior example. This is what we want to see happening. We want people stretching how long they can be in assisted living, and the sooner they get on the benefit, the better. Now we're going to look at high income and high assets. So Jonah Jacker considering senior living because he is beginning stages of dementia. At ages 81 and 80, they are relatively young for senior living, and the family is concerned how long they're going to be able to afford to stay there. They have $100,000 in savings and a home valued at $180,000, so a grand total of two eighty dollars once they sell that home. They have pretty good income, fortunately, of $3,600. Now, for both of them to live there, it's going to cost $5,750. Remember, he's in memory care, and she's also moving into the community as well. They need another $1,000 of spending money, which is not just fun money. That's really um, health insurance, prescriptions, maybe haircuts, new pair of pants, and maybe they go out to dinner and a movie once a month. The family is having some second thoughts about moving them in. Here's what it looks like without the benefit and with the benefit. So without the benefit, they have to dip into their savings $3,150 a month. They have enough money to last seven years, which sounds like a pretty good amount of time. And it's longer than Mary in the prior example, except if you're Joan and you're 80 and you're healthy and you're going to be broke at 87, it's kind of terrifying. 
So what we want to do is we want to get them on the benefit, increase their income by $24.31 this year, tax-free, and they will ha then have a shortfall of only $719 a month. Now they have enough money to last 32 years, and I would find it highly unlikely if they are going to outlive their funds. And this is the way we want families to be feeling, never worrying about how to pay for care. By implementing estate planning strategies in accordance with VA regulations, Joan and Jack can be eligible almost immediately for $29,000, little over $29,000. The VA benefit increases their income by 67% and allows them to pay for all of Jack's care from income rather than from their savings. Of course, the family has some peace of mind now and they can move them in and start enjoying the next stage of their lives. So frequently asked questions. The average approval time for this application is three to six months. If you do it pen and paper, that's what we are seeing. The VA is actually doing a pretty good job. Even during COVID, they were doing a great job processing claims from home. Now, if you do it by pen and paper, like I mentioned before, we're all human. It's easy to make mistake. You can check the wrong box. You can leave a box blank. Maybe they don't read your handwriting. Maybe you didn't do the calculations right or you put in the wrong military dates. Little minor errors can cause the VA to ask you questions. If they send you a more information letter, you have to reply back. Every back and forth takes an additional six to eight weeks in the processing time. Now imagine if you get a couple letters, how that can really stack up. So we would recommend you use the software at aidinattendance.com to do your application. It will allow you to get it done completely and correctly in about an hour. And our track record of application approval time is 45 days, not months, days. So we have seen them even less than that, but I'm not promising that on a webinar. So I would say 45 days from when you mail it off, you can typically get the application done in about an hour if you sit down with all of your documentation. So benefits are retroactive to the first of the month after the application or the intent to file is received by the VA. So this is an awesome thing about this benefit. If you apply by the last business day of any month, so this month, that's November 30th. That means if any of you are already living in senior living or you are planning to move in this month or next month, you want to get your claim open with the VA by November 30th. As long as you meet all the criteria, you want to get something into the VA because the VA will then set your retroactive date as December 1. That means if it takes 45 days to be approved, you'll get money for December and January. If it takes you six months to get approved, you're gonna get November, sorry, December, January, February, March, April, May. You're gonna get a lot of money, whatever your benefit amount is times six. Retroactive money is incredibly valuable. You can basically make it so that no months of your senior living experience are going to be without this benefit. Now, you can either send in an entire application, which if you start today on November 11th, I'm pretty sure you can get to them by November 30th. Or you can do a one-page intent to file. The intent to file form is also on aidandattendance.com. It's the very first tab. It'll take you five whole minutes to do it. It's very simple questions, name, social security number, date of birth, address, sign it, pr print it, sign it, and fax it to the VA. That will open your claim. Now, you only want to do that if your assets are low enough and if you're not selling your home. So if you're ready to go, you are going to send that in and you will have a December 1 retroactive date. Your claim is now open for a year. So even if you're just shopping and you're not sure what month you're moving in, this is still a great thing to turn into the VA because you might all of a sudden decide in mid-January you want to move in 
well, now you're going to get money for January because you've already opened your claim. The VA does not recognize a power of attorney signature. So I'm sure we have some POAs on the line today or watching the recording. Please do not sign your parents' application. I want to work with a POA. Arbor Company wants to work with the POA, but you cannot sign your application. So their application, the veteran always has to sign and the surviving spouse has to sign if the veteran is deceased. The only person who is allowed to sign on their behalf is a court appointed guardian. So if you have court appointed guardianship, you can sign that application and the VA will accept that with your court appointed guardian paperwork. If you can't get a signature from your veteran or spouse, an ex with two witnesses is still acceptable and that will um, be enough to suffice for the VA. And I think we've covered that one. All right, so if the veteran is already receiving disability compensation, you do not get both benefits. You get whichever is greater. So if your disability is at 80, 90, or 100%, you are already getting a bigger benefit. And I'm sorry if you sat through the webinar and you're just learning this portion now. Yes, you are getting probably $3,000 or more. The VA is not gonna give you another $2,000. Now, if you are at 10, 20, 30, all the way up to 70%, you probably are getting a bigger, probably are getting a smaller benefit and the aid and attendance pension will be a bigger benefit. So then we would encourage you to apply for it. Just keep in mind that when you get this benefit, the VA will stop your disability. You don't get both. So we don't want you to count on two incomes from the VA to pay for your senior living. Um, you will not get both of them and therefore you'll be in a room that you probably cannot afford. If an applicant's care is being paid for by Medicaid, the VA will only give you $90 a month. Essentially, if you are not paying the big bucks, you're not gonna get the big bucks. So um, you will need to tell the VA if you transition from private pay to Medicaid that you are no longer paying for your care and they will reduce your monthly benefit to $90 a month. Now it's tax-free dollars, so it's still $1,100 a year. And I think it's totally worth receiving. The VA does not, will not approve a, Let's start the sentence again. The spouse who is divorced from a veteran will not be approved by the VA for this benefit. So a divorce or a remarriage in a subsequent marriage will not be able to apply for this benefit. So again, divorce and remarriage is a no-go for surviving spouses. Lastly, in conclusion, you can give Veterans Financial a call at 800-835-1541. Um, we are more than happy to discuss your criteria with you over the phone. We're actually open till 5.30 today. So if you hop on it quickly, you can give us a call and we can talk with you right away. If not, just give us a call in the morning. Um, we will provide you a copy of the VA application. This is what the first page of the veteran application looks like. This is the best page because this has easy things like name, social security number, date of birth and address. It gets it's increasingly difficult from there. So we would also recommend that you utilize aidandattendance.com. All of you got on this webinar, so you're obviously computer savvy. You don't have to give us a call. You can just go to aidandattendance.com and click the see if I qualify button. It's a green button on the top left. And it will take you through a series of 15 questions. It should take you about five minutes since you now know what it's gonna ask you since I went over all the criteria. And at the end of the 15 question survey, it will give you some results. It'll tell you if you're eligible, for how much, and if you're not eligible, why not? And is, if there, is there anything that we can do to help you become eligible? So I'd highly recommend taking this survey. In fact, you can take the survey and give us a call if you'd like. 
If you are eligible, we are going to encourage you to use the application software that I've mentioned a couple of times. We have three different packages, 199, sorry, 99, 199, and 299. Each just comes with a little more service. You absolutely can do this on your own for $99. The 199 just includes phone support and a review of your application. And for the 299, we will actually do the data entry for you. Some people don't have kids that can help them, or maybe they're just not really good on the computer or don't have internet access. We will make sure you are able to apply for this benefit. We don't want anything to stop people from being able to apply. What you're seeing is what the software looks like. It's 10 tabs across the top. Super easy to understand what the questions and the bubbles and the check marks are, unlike the VA application. And then all the data that you put into these 10 tabs will auto-populate onto the VA forms. Ultimately, you will generate your application. You'll get a PDF of it in your inbox. You'll print it out and it will be a perfect, complete, correct application. And that's why they go through the VA in 45 days. And you'll notice if you look really closely, that second tab says intent to file. That's that magical form that'll help you get money for December. And with that, I'm going to take a really big deep breath and see what questions Melissa has for me. Deep breath time, a lot of information there, <laughs> Emily. Fantastic as always. And yes, everybody, this is your cue to scroll down to the bottom of your screen where it says Q&A. I see many people have already found the button. You've typed out your questions. We're going to get to each and every one of those. Also, I see some people have been utilizing the chat box to do this as well. Send your questions there as well if that's easier for you. Um, one question that I can answer right now as Emily catches her breath is a couple of people have asked, will this webinar be available? Can we have access to this? Absolutely, yes. This webinar will be available to all of you who are here today starting tomorrow. You will get a link in your email. You can share that link with friends, family, whomever you want to share this information with. So yes, absolutely. Now, the first question on that end, uh, someone did ask about the slides. So if they're interested in the slides, Emily, where can they go to find this? Don't usually distribute the slides. I would just encourage you to watch the webinar. You can also join another webinar. I do them all the time. So if you wanna reach out and hop on another one live, reach out to me at the phone number you see on the screen. I'm happy to give you a link to join another one, but we don't distribute the slides. Gotcha, okay, perfect, great answer. All right, so let's start with some of the questions uh, we got in sequential order. And uh, again, anytime you have something you wanna ask or if you have a follow-up, check the Q&A box or the chat box, type it out there, happy to ask it. All right, we'll start with Denise. Uh, the question, can a married couple apply to receive benefits to assist with coverage for both? veteran and veteran spouse, assuming they both have qualifying needs. I wish. I wish you could get two benefits. That would be amazing. But no, the VA awards one benefit. So if it's a married veteran who needs care, they're going to get the 2431. And that sounds like what that scenario is. That's the highest amount you're going to get this year. I do wish you could get the 1609 and the 2431. That would be amazing. The only time you could get two benefits is if you're both veterans and you both need care. And please don't ask me that number because I just looked it up the other day. I think it's 3252. Um, actually, I think that's correct, but that doesn't happen all that often. Two married veterans and they both need care. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then the follow-up there was these benefits are for wartime veterans only, but I think you answered the question even with that additional piece of information. Yes. Yes. Only wartime veterans. Unfortunately, this, at the, I do wish the VA would change that, but as of yet, no, you need to fall within the wartime dates. 
Okay, great. Don says, yes, please address the Gulf War requirements. Okay. Great. Okay. So the Gulf War is a little bit different. So first of all, you need to be over 65 in order to get this benefit, unless you're considered disabled by either Social Security Disability or the VA. Many times, if you're already recognized as disabled by the VA, you're probably getting a bigger benefit anyway. So typically, you need to be over 65 and you need 24 months of active duty. So the Gulf War starts on August 2nd, 1990, and it just ended. So you only need one day of active duty, but you need a total of 24 months of active duty versus the 90 days. So it's a longer service requirement and you have to be over 65. Okay. Julian wants to know if you put all retirement and investment accounts into an irrevo ir irrevocable, <laughs> excuse me, trust, could I meet the asset limit even if those accounts have $6 million? Probably depends on when you move that money into an irrevocable trust because um, my estimate from that scenario, which I'm just getting a little snippet of, so you're more than welcome to give us a call and we'll talk about it a little farther. But if you're moving them today, I'm pretty sure that's going to trigger the 36 month look back. So I guess the answer to that is yes, you just might not be getting it for 37 until 37 months from now. So I think the answer would be yes, unless you moved it three years ago, but call us. That was what I was going to say next. That, that might be, you, you may be a perfect candidate to, to give Emily and her crew a call uh, to better understand um, what, what will work options. for you and what, what won't work for you. Yeah, absolutely. All your options. Okay, uh, Judith asked, if we are in the process of applying for Medicaid, should we hold off on the A&A &A application? A&A will put him, our dad, over the income limit for Medicaid. Thank you for a super webinar. Oh, so sweet, thank you. Um, interestingly, some state Medicaid programs actually make you apply for this before they'll let you get Medicaid. So whoever's helping you with that Medicaid application, you might want to ask them if you have to apply for this. So sometimes the states make you do this because they want to be able to essentially get get the income from this when they're providing you Medicaid. Um, but you are correct. This could potentially put you above the income limit. So if you have Medicaid is a state by state program, I think that's why I'm tap dancing a little bit. So when you whoever's helping you with that Medicaid application, ask them, should you apply for this benefit? Will it be uh, looked at positively or negatively by your state Medicaid program? Okay, and I believe this is a follow up. Uh, Bonnie is asking from Julian's question. Uh, so having funds slash house and a revocable trust is all counted as income. Yes, revocable, and I'm not an attorney, here's my layman's explanation that I like to give. Revocable means the mom and dad have access to the funds in the trust. Irrevocable means they don't. If you have access to the money, you can use it to pay for your care and the VA is gonna count it. And oftentimes they will actually ask for a copy of the trust because they wanna read it. But essentially, irrevocable good, revocable bad. It's got lots of great purposes like protecting you from probate. It doesn't help you with your assets for VA purposes. So oftentimes, even if you've put things into a revocable trust, they now need to be put into an irrevocable trust if you want this benefit. Great way of breaking that down, Emily. Thank you so much. Um, again, we're going to go to the top of the hour, guys. We've got uh, just about 15 more minutes with Emily. Feel free to type your questions in the Q&A box or in the chat box. And speaking of the chat box, we've got a bunch of questions there. So let's head on over there to Kathleen. My veteran needs help using a walker to walk and pain management. Does that qualify? I think it would depend on if a doctor says that they need help 
with activities of daily living. I'm going to assume if you need help with to walk with a walker and you need help with pain management, you probably also need help getting in and out of the shower and getting dressed safely, or you need help getting in and out of bed, um, or you need help transferring from the chair to the bed. Any of those activities of daily living will help qualify you for the benefit. So it's all about what the doctor fills out and then what the care provider is doing for that veteran or spouse. My guess is they could benefit from a little bit of help. Okay, and this is a two-part question. Second part of the question, we aren't married. Does my income count? If you're not married, it's not gonna count. So that might actually really help in your situation. I'm assuming you file your taxes separately since you're not married just guessing, but I'm assuming that I can't imagine how you would be filing them together. So yes, that's your income, your assets. He's a single veteran. Now he's going to qualify for about $400 less than a married veteran, but it might be a lot easier for him to qualify since you're not married. Okay, excellent. Denise wants to know, how does the benefit received to a veteran impact the veteran if he slash she is eligible and receiving Medicaid? So I think that kind of goes with the prior question. I think you need to check with your state Medicaid program. Um, yes, it could potentially be additional income that either the Medicaid program is just going to take, so it's not really going to help you at all, although maybe, um, or it'll uh, make you ineligible for the benefit, ineligible for your Medicaid benefits. I, I don't want to get into the specifics of each state Medicaid program. I will offer, which I was going to say in the last time. We do refer families to a company that is an expert on Medicaid in all 50 states. So if you do want that resource, again, you're welcome to reach out to us and we can connect you with Medicaid experts. We're not Medicaid experts. So um, I think that would probably be the best resource for you, but they're great. We'd love to connect you. Yeah, but the good news is, so we do have a Medicaid expert. His name is Ben Green, and he's got quite a few webinars oh, on www.seniorlivinglive.com, where you can also find many of Emily's uh, previous webinars all about Perfect. this particular topic. So yes, we've got you covered, family. Okay, so William has a question, and I think he may have answered his own question here as he was searching, as he was listening to your webinar. He was in the Army from 1961, first quarter to first quarter, 1963. The dates do not appear to fall within a war time, so I will not be eligible. Is that correct? So if you were in the Republic of Vietnam or in the waters right outside of the Republic of Vietnam between November 1st, 1955 and August 3rd, 1964, that's basically the years between the Korean conflict and the Vietnam War beginning, then the VA will consider you wartime. And it, it all depends on where you were serving. Unfortunately, most people that I give that caveat to do not um, have that station, but it's worth taking a look at where, you're, where you were serving. Okay. And Jody wants to know, what if you are separated? That's kind of a tricky one. So um, if uh, I'm hearing that it's a woman, so she's Jody. I'm assuming, and please don't, don't kill the messenger if I'm incorrect. I'm assuming you are the spouse. So here's the problem. The veteran has to apply. The veteran is living. He has to apply for you. Hopefully he'd be willing to do that. If he does that though, then you're claiming all of your income and all of your assets. As a spouse, you cannot apply unless your husband's deceased. So I think that's really the biggest catch there. We do sometimes have a veteran call us and they're legally separated from their spouse and we can get the VA just to count his income and his assets and not hers. 
the problem in the equation that I just heard in the scenario is that it's probably the spouse. But please, by all means, reach out to us. We'll see if there's any advice we can give you. Um, hopefully you're on a good you know, relationship with your spouse if you wanna to try to get this benefit, even though you're separated. Okay, moving to Lee's question. Uh, are we able to transfer house sale proceeds to a VA trust after the sale has closed approximately three months ago? And then there was a change there. He said, sorry, meant uh, irrevocable, uh, irrevocable trust, not VA trust. What I'm hearing in that scenario is that this sale has already happened. So I don't think that's gonna be possible. Again, we'd be happy to talk to you about it. What I think probably is your situation is you've already gotten the money from the home. And so now you're gonna to need to do some VA, some financial planning, which we can help you with to figure out when you can get the benefit, but you've already received the home proceeds. I don't think there's gonna be any way to unwind the sale that happened three months ago. Again, please give us a call. We can connect you with our VA accredited attorney. Great. Guy wants to know, uh, I was six months active duty and six years standby reserve. Am I eligible? And again, I think that that goes back to the specific dates, right, Emily? It does. So the six months active duty is great. You only need 90 days. That's three months. The question is, during those 60 days, sorry, six, six months, do you have an active duty day during wartime? So yes, you really might be eligible. It just depends on what six months that was. Great. Bonnie now wants to know, what is the charge for your services? So we have two different companies here. So just to be clear, we did cover aidinattendance.com has three different packages to use the software. Veterans Financial will help you with financial planning and we actually don't charge you anything. I know that sounds unbelievable, but absolutely true. If we do financial planning, we do earn a commission from whatever company or companies we recommend for your situation. Um, if it involves engaging an attorney, you're going to pay him whatever fees that he is charging to help you with, let's say, an irrevocable trust. Um, but if you would just like to give us a call at Veterans Financial, go over your criteria and have us email you some ways to apply, we're not going to charge you a dime. Great. Uh, Alan asked, could you please repeat slide one, the one with the dollars and categories? And instead of maybe going all the way back through the slides, um, Alan, we will certainly have this uh, webinar available to you tomorrow. But Emily, could you maybe touch on that one slide so that he can maybe jot the numbers down? Yeah. So I think what he's asking is the four full benefit amounts. And that's a great question. So surviving spouses, typically the single woman, get $1,000. $317.1317. A single veteran, typically the single male, though we have some female veterans, it's $2,050, so $2050. And then a married veteran who needs care himself, and he's married, gets $2,431.2431. And a married veteran, if only the spouse needs care, gets $1,609. So that's $1,609. And that's just for this upcoming year. It'll go up the following year. Okay, perfect. Uh, we have about eight minutes left in the webinar that will take us to the top of the hour. So a good time to slide in those final few questions for Emily. Uh, in the meantime, while we wait to see if anybody wants to slide in here at the home stretch uh, with a question for you, Emily. Um, can you tell me, we have talked about aid in attendance. We've talked about the two companies, right? So what would be more beneficial for one person over another? Sure. Well, I like to say that Veterans Financial is the old-fashioned way. Some people really just like picking up the phone. And when we started AidInAttendance.com, we, we really viewed it as a technology company. You're just going to use the software. In fact, 
we didn't really have a phone option when we started until we realized people were going to call us anyway, even though we thought it was just using the software. So if you like picking up the phone and you like talking to someone and you want to call back a couple of times, and I'm kind of that type of person, please, by all means, just give us a call. 800-835-1541. Now, if you'd rather go on a computer and do a little bit of research and submit an inquiry, go to aidanattendance.com. I know that's the way of the future. Nobody is doing anything without a computer these days. We all have our phones stuck in our hands. You can go to aidanattendance.com right from your phone. So if you want an answer immediately, especially evenings and weekends when Veterans Financial is not open, visit aidanattendance.com. You don't have to talk to a soul, although there is a phone number on there in case you do want to pick up the phone. Excellent. And then the last thing I have, Emily, as we wind this down is, uh, you know, we talked about what this all is, what it means, the who, what, when, where, why, but what is maybe the biggest misconception that you find people have about this benefit? So one misconception I get oftentimes is that people have income that's too high. And I know that I stated that in that first slide about financial misperceptions, but I'd love to drive it home. It is very easy to apply for this benefit if you move into a senior living community. And of course, that's why we're partnering today. People are told their income is too high, but it's not too high as soon as you make a commitment to move in. And so you don't have to be living there for X amount of months or years. The moment that you sign that contract and you say that you're moving into the community and you can put that on your application and the community can sign the page of the application showing that you are a resident or you're about to become one, that will immediately reduce your income. So the reason people get denied, one of the most frequent reasons people get denied is because of high income. They didn't report any medical expenses. And senior living is a very easy, lovely medical expense that can get you this benefit. Great, thank you so much for doing that. And then uh, one final question here from Guy. I never received a DD-214. Can you help as to how to get one? Sure. So either company can help you. Can give us a call. We'll send you an email. Um, actually, when you sign up to use the software at AidenAttendance.com, and we'll offer that as an add-on to your sign-up. But here is the company that we use. I'm just going to tell you where those get directed to. We trust a company called DD214 Direct, and their web address is DD214Direct.com. They are able to expedite your discharge papers out of the archives. We are seeing about a three to four week turnaround time. Um, they do charge you about $90 to do so. You can for free go to the National Archives. It's archives.gov. The problem with going directly to the archives is they are running very, very slow because of COVID. They don't have a lot of people working in the facility. And so it's taking months and months and months to get the discharge papers out. So in my opinion, it's worth the $90 to get it in a month. Um, if you're not in a rush, go to the National Archives website, archives.gov, and order it from there for free. Um, those are the two resources that we recommend, and um, I would definitely start on that immediately. Excellent tip. Now that's why we have these webinars. It's the little things, right? <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily. We appreciate you being with us today. You are such a fantastic resource. And as always, we are so grateful for your expertise. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure being with you. Ask me to do this as many times as you'd like. I'm happy to help. So. And we, we will. We will take you up on that. <laughs>
And Marie Schwartz, thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for being a part of the conversation. We always appreciate you sharing your time with us and being a part of this conversation. The webinar, as I mentioned, everybody, will be available starting tomorrow. You'll receive a link in your email, full webinar that you can send to your friends and family or watch over and over again, take down notes and get the help that you need. Also, if you like this content, please feel free to head on over to our website, www.seniorlivinglive.com. We have videos and podcasts available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all about senior living. We appreciate you being a part of Senior Living Live. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Happy Veterans Day.